Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the You Don't Wanna Know podcast. Oh, yeah, with me, Mag. Sorry. I don't think I say that every time. So today is Monday because I am procrastinating these past couple of weeks. Um, It is raining outside, so it's perfect for a true crime day. You know what I mean? So I got to see a couple movies. I saw Insidious, um, The Red Door, I think it's called, which was pretty solid. I don't know how I felt about it. So Insidious has four, well, not five movies. The first one, everyone thought was super scary. I thought the only scary part was when Darth Maul decided to pop up behind that dude's head. The second movie actually scared me a little bit, though. That one got me. And then the third movie, the third movie scared the living daylights out of me. So, so, so scary. And then the fourth one, guys, the fourth one, the fourth one just pissed me off. I did not think it was good at all. I thought it was lazy writing. Um, I feel bad saying that because like that's hitting someone directly in the face like insult. But it was like all they had to do was like have talked to this one person and then they were safe. And they waited until the end of the movie to do that. So it just seemed like a cop out kind of like they got so far and they're like, well, what do we do now? And it's like, okay, let's just do this one thing and then you'll be good. I don't know. So I was like, I had mixed feelings about this one and it was good. I thought it was good. Um, I wanted a little bit more of like the red guy, you know, a little bit more information because he was just kind of like lurking in the shadows and maybe that's just what he does. I don't know. Either way, I liked it. I thought it was good, but big old butt guys, I saw another movie and it scared the crap out of me. It was, uh, oh shoot, Talk to Me. That's what it was called, Talk to Me. And even saying that's kind of like, ooh, spooky. So when I was a tennis coach, one of the freshman guys told me about this movie. I had never really seen a commercial about it. And I still really barely saw any commercials about it until like just before it came out. And I had my friend come into town and she helped me do some work on the farm. And then she wanted to see this movie because she loves scary movies too. So we went to see it. And oh my gosh. So this movie, it's an Australian horror movie about like this girl who loses her mom. And she kind of like falls into a depression. She's slowly coming out. So she goes to this party. And there's like this act or whatever. What do you want to call it? Attraction where these guys, they have this hand and you grab onto it and say, um, I don't know, talk to me, I think. And then like a dead person pops up and only the person holding the hand can see it. And then they say, Ooh, (laughs) I feel like I shouldn't say this. Let me in. I am not saying that. That's a quote. I'm not saying that for anyone listening. Um, and so like they possess the person and they can only possess them for like a minute and a half or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And I don't know why it's such a fun attraction, but everyone loves it. And then it just goes a step too far. And that's as much as I'll tell you, but it's good guys. It's really good. (laughs) The only thing that was a little annoying was that they really leaned into the horror aspect of it, which means like every noise was so loud. So like setting a cup on the counter was like super, super loud 
closing a door, taking steps. Everything was so, so loud. And there's a point (laughs) where she's like having a mental breakdown or something or she thinks she's going crazy. So she slaps herself in the face like five times. And I didn't realize she was going to do that. I hope you guys don't consider this a spoiler because I don't consider it a spoiler. The slap is so loud. It's like, oh, like she, you're slapping yourself in the face. It's not that loud, but it legitimately sounds like someone's like knocking her off her feet, hitting her so hard. <laughs> I didn't expect it at all. And I go, huh, or something like that in the movie. And everyone at the theater starts laughing. And there's like, it's like half full and it's a big theater. And everyone's just laughing at me. And my friend and I are just crying because <laughs> I made that. And it wasn't like a, huh. It was like a loud noise that I made. So it was just, it was so funny. And it was nice too to get that little like laugh or that little like uh, lightheartedness after, well, partway through that really scary movie. So very good movie. I guess it's low budget too. It's Australian, which, you know, if you don't know, I love a good Australian accent. Shout out to my friend in Australia. Um, But it was just, it was really good. And it's just a memory I'll never forget now a whole theater of people laughing at me and it's nice too because no one saw my face so they don't know they were laughing at me so it's it's great it's really great um let's see I don't think there's any other movies that I want to talk about Mm-mm. yeah okay so on to the true crime calendar here we go so these are really just facts no more bog bodies guys I'm sorry maybe later on we'll revisit them but not today so International prison population, 155.3 per 100,000 people is the international average for prison population. Six per 100,000 people is the prison population in the micronations of San Marino, the lowest in the world. 639 per 100,000 people is the prisoner population in the United States, the highest in the world. Guys, we're not doing great. If you're from America, you're not doing great. 25% of the world's prison population is in the United States. Oh my gosh, guys. Pull it together. This is ridiculous. 200 and I hope this isn't a, another United States one. 284% is the occupancy rate of prisons in Kenya, the most overpopulated prison system in the world. Guys, we got one. That's not us. That one's a pretty bad one. Wow, that's like really, really depressing. I don't know how to take that, but okay. Not very uplifting, but you know, pull it together, guys. Pull it together. Here we go. This will make you feel better. I hope you heard the ending because it was really good. So yeah, um, not a very good calendar take, guys. Sorry. Oh, Um, I wanted to mention one last thing, and this has nothing to do with true crime. I just wanted to bless you guys with a little gift from me. Um, I started watching this show on Netflix called Great News, and it's from like 2018. Tina Fey pops in a little bit, and I love, I love Tina Fey with all my heart. I, I think she's so awesome. Just the fact that she's so freaking funny, and okay, this is, this might be kind of rude to say, but I feel like a lot of female comedians 
either like make fun of themselves too much i guess this isn't rude either make fun of themselves too much or go like way too far with the raunchiness and like if that's what you want to do that's great but sometimes i feel like it's forced and they think they have to do that to be funny tina Fey's just freaking funny like i laugh at her all the time and she made 30 rock if you haven't watched 30 rock definitely watch it um this is a long rant for no reason. I just, <laughs> I'm declaring my love for Tina Fey, I guess. She's in it a couple times. I think there's only like four seasons or something, but it's so funny. And it's a dumb humor because I like dumb humor, but I think it's hilarious. I just finished it the other day. I literally like waited to watch episodes, like waited multiple days because I wanted to let it last as long as I could because I loved it so much. So if you need a show to watch, it's it you can watch it really quickly but it's called great news and it's on netflix and it's hilarious i really like it so there you go you're welcome now on to the case let's get uncomfortable guys this one is the case of ramsey scrivo so let's start with his parents because why not donna scrivo his mom I guess it wasn't Scrivo initially, but we're just going to call her Donna Scrivo. She was born in 1954 in Dallas, Texas, and she met Daniel. Don't know exactly when, but they got married August 78. So they became Donna and Daniel Scrivo. Donna was a nurse and Daniel was a house painter. Two much, two months, excuse me, after they got married, they had their son, Jason Scrivo, and shortly after that, they moved to Michigan, because who doesn't love Michigan? Am I right? Three years after they moved to Michigan, Ramsey was born, and he was born in St. Clair in um, 1981. Again, St. Clair, Michigan. During her birth to Ramsey, she actually got a, lost a lot of blood, and this affected her significantly. She started to get anxiety and became super forgetful. Um, so she switched to being an at-home nurse. So I guess that was like a little bit less for her. I don't know. Daniel, her husband, again, he got sick as well. He actually contracted hep C. Um, and that just made him sick like all the time. He had an open heart surgery when he was really young. And that just had always taken a toll from him. So he was just always sick unfortunately, but he was still just a fantastic dad. Um, Donna wanted her kids to go to a Catholic private school. She had very high expectations of her sons. She just wanted them to be the best they could be. And I feel like that's not a horrible thing to a certain extent, but after a while, sorry, I'm like fixing myself, not myself, my mic, sorry. Um, it's just a little much, you know, sometimes people just want to live their lives. And it's also hard too, because there are different kinds of expectations. Like, Maybe someone wants their kids, like their successful um, idea is playing an instrument and other kids' success um, idea is playing a sport. So it's just hard to have high expectations when you're not on the same page. So Ramsey and Jason kind of just had to live with that. Ramsey graduated college in 1999 and he worked in his field uh, as an accountant for just a little while, but he really hated it. Like he absolutely hated it. So he switched to working with his dad in the house painting business. And that's where he really enjoyed it. So he was more of like a get his hands dirty kind of guy than a guy that sits behind the office desk. And I get that completely. I worked in an office for like nine months and I 
was going crazy. I was ready to <laughs> like run a marathon because I wanted to just go. I couldn't sit down that long anymore. So in 2006, Ramsey's parents bought him a house because they started to get really worried about him. He was starting to just act kind of different, I guess. He had depression and he also had some anger issues and paranoid schizophrenia. And that was kind of spiking at that time. So they thought that if they gave him a little bit of stability, maybe that would help him with how he feels. So some examples of things that were going on was that he would think that someone poisoned his drink or that someone had a wire on them or that people were listening to his conversations. And he made that very known to the people around him and to his parents. But then it started to go even further than that. So he actually got a head injury. I don't remember exactly how he got it. I don't think I found that out. But his behavior just seemed to escalate from that. And he actually assaulted one of his friends at a bar. So he also started to have drug and alcohol issues. And his parents just decided that it was time for them to step in. So unfortunately, in 2013, his dad passed away from his hep C, which unfortunately did not help Ramsey's mental health. He was just very, very, very close to his dad. And he, well, from his friend's perspective, they kind of thought that was because his mom was pushing him so much and he just had a really hard time with it. So his dad kind of looked to him, or excuse me, he looked to his dad for comfort and that's what he gave to him. So after his dad passed, he just kind of fell apart, which is understandable. Like you just lost a parent who you've known your entire life. So I get it. So he again talked about um, his depression and then it started to turn into uh, suicidal thoughts. So his mom uh, was really worried about him and that he was going to start taking his dad's morphine pills and try and kill himself. So she took him to the hospital, 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 sorry. (laughs) And that's not funny. That's I'm laughing at myself. Sorry. Um, Gosh, I don't know. So she took him to the hospital, um, for a psychiatric watch. And at this time as well, she also decided to file for guardianship over him because she's so worried about him. So on May 16th, 2013, She took him to the hospital and he consented to go because he realized he needed help as well. So that's a huge thing because I feel like that normally doesn't happen. So that's a big stepping stone to me. After he got out of the hospital, he moved in with his mom so he wouldn't be alone. And also because she had guardianship over him and he was starting to turn things around in his life and it was starting to go really well. Ramsey was talking about getting off of his meds or excuse me, taking his medication and getting his life in order. He wanted to actually do that. And I think he wanted to do it for his dad specifically. His mom was his legal guardian though. So he had to go to the, I'm guessing, judge's office. <laughs> I don't know. And try to petition to remove the guardianship. So that started happening in June of t- 2013. So they basically put him on like this probationary period where they'd monitor his behavior and his actions and his mom kind of had the final say to relinquish that so he really just had to follow his mom's rules and take the medication so while all that's happening while he's trying to get everything together and 
kind of go forward with his life, his mom went back to Texas and went to a class reunion. And I think she kind of got very reminiscent of the old days and she had actually met up with an old flame and this made her want to move back to Texas. But of course, she had other things to do. So back to Michigan it was. So she gets back home, you know, and a very interesting fire breaks out. Very interesting. So it started in the basement and then just kind of like went up from there. Donna got out right away. And remember, Donna and Ramsey lived together. So Donna got out right away and she called for help. But everyone was very interested in to see that she wasn't really worried about her son. She got out, she called, but she never asked about Ramsey, never checked on Ramsey. And he got out eventually, but I mean, he wasn't out right away with her. So the fire was deemed an accident or suspect, but that's it. No one really like looked into it. They just kind of moved on. So because there was a fire in Donna and Ramsey's house, they both roomed in, roomed, moved into the house that Donna and Daniel bought for Ramsey, the original home. So everything was kind of settling down, you know, nothing too crazy until January 26th of 2014. So this is all pretty quick timeline. Ramsey went missing. So he was last seen, which is what his mom said. So he was last seen um, getting cigarettes with his mom on January 26th. But his mom says that he went to get cigarettes. She didn't come with. So the next day, his mom, the 27th, his mom um, reported him missing. Now, Ramsey, he's, I think, 32 I'm pretty sure he's 32. So I kind of understand it. He's an adult. You know, you're not going to be worried right away. So that's why I would think waiting a day is okay in this case. Um, (laughs) Knowing me, I would probably freak out right away and go right away. But, you know, he's an adult. He's 32. So she said that he went for a walk around 630 and just didn't come back. She already went to the places that he frequented, but she just couldn't find him. And she also called him like a bunch of times and just no answer. So she said that's when she started to get worried, but she wanted to wait until the next day because again, she knew he's an adult. Donna said that all he took was his wallet um, when he went out. So just some cards and money and his license. Not a whole lot of stuff because I mean, I guess that means he would come back pretty quickly. Police decided to put an APB out for him, which I don't know what APB stands for. But they did it. They put they put it out. Um, but they were it was to keep an eye on. Oh, geez, to keep an eye out for Ramsey. So police had already known about him because of his assault and his um, interesting, I guess, behavior. So at first, no one was like super super worried. But after after they saw um, how worried his mom was, they began to really kick it into gear. You know, his probation officer was worried right away though very very worried just because of all of his actions so they just started to think like where could he be what could he be doing and police started the investigation they just searched did a very basic search of the area and they actually found ramsey's phone in the neighbor's front yard interestingly enough they found that there was not a single phone call from donna kind of weird right Because she said that she was calling his phone. So, 
little, little odd. But police started asking the neighbors and they said they hadn't seen him in a couple of days. And that um, there was like a weird chemically smell coming from their house and actually even the burning smell too. Just very odd stuff was happening. Um, So that was really all they got, unfortunately. It was very weird. Police knew something was going on, but they didn't know where to go. Just so many dead ends were coming up. So they had to start thinking like, what can we do? What's what's a, a lead we can follow? But then on January 30th, police get a phone call. It's from a woman. She was driving um, just on a kind of a back road when she found a black bag on the side of the road. And ugh, get ready for this, guys. She found intestines in them. And she started driving a little bit farther and found more black bags. And she found a head in them. Now, the weird thing about this is when I found this information, the article made it seem like she called after she found the head. And in reality, I I would call as soon as I found blood. As soon as I found blood and what I would think. Well, no. Yeah. A garbage bag with blood on the side of the road. Yeah. I'm calling the police right away. That's me. Guys, call the police right away. Just I'd rather look dumb and be cautious then go further and just like let all this fall apart you know just oof, gosh so again like i said she called the police and then i think like that same day police got two other tips about black bags um with so these other black bags had burnt clothing in it and some had papers with some useful information but i couldn't figure out what that information was And there was another set of bags, um, again with papers, a Coke bottle, a jigsaw blade, and a woman's burnt clothing. So a total of five sets of bags. It was found that the body of the white man, his fingerprints were Ramsey's because they were in the system. Ramsey, with his assault, he was in the system. So they were able to figure that out right away. So unfortunately... Ramsey lost his life and was killed at 32 years old. The autopsy, she's autopsy determined that he died of asphyxiation, but he had a large, large, large amount of Xanax in him that could have killed him. Interesting because Donna was subscribed. Oh my gosh. What is wrong with me? Was prescribed the pills and got I think 30 pills at the beginning of the month and they were already basically gone I think there was like two bottle two pills left so they found that very weird his body was cut into 14 different pieces and they never found his hand (laughs) so I'm lucky that I remember that because I literally just put they never found what this is not funny i'm sorry i'm laughing at myself and probably because i'm a little uncomfortable because this is like oof so police came out with this information in hopes that someone like a good citizen might come forward with some information a lady specifically said that she saw a woman in an suv dropping off those black bags neighbors came forward saying that they saw donna loading black bags into her car and driving slowly along the highway where the bags were found. Another neighbor, so this is just like talk talk city. Another neighbor said that they heard a running saw blade and smelled something burning around the time that Ramsey went missing, but they couldn't like exactly remember when it was. 
So the police had a lot to go off of at this point. I'm not sure why it took so long for the neighbors to say stuff like this, but things started to kind of vamp up. Um, the police decided to start looking at different businesses and looking for CCTV footage to see if they could get anything. So they found a gas station with a matching description of the SUV. And interestingly enough, the woman driving the vehicle came out and went inside to pay. And when they saw who it was, they quote unquote enhanced the footage, which I've heard is bogus, but literally the police officer said they enhanced it. So I don't know. It was Donna, Ramsey's freaking mom. It was her in the SUV. And I'm sure you guys have already guessed it, but like what in the world? So Donna was brought in for questioning, obviously, because like, that's not great. Donna, not looking good for you. She was told that her son's body was found and she was sad for about that point three seconds. And that's generous. After that, like she, she was like, she made the sounds of crying, but I don't think she was actually crying. And then she stopped as soon as she was asked a second question. She was asked if she was in the area where the body was found and instantly she goes, no, no, I wasn't like she was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then the next question, no, I was not in the area. So the detective being the smarty he was, that's 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 not sarcastic. Um, He decided to play dumb and he was like, I'm confused because we know you were there. That's what he said. And she's like, no, like very confidently, no. No, I wasn't. So they confronted her with that CCTV footage. And she was like, oh, well, yeah, I was there. I was I was looking in the popular areas that he was. Yeah, I was there. And it's like, it only took you 10 seconds to switch your story. Like what? So she just kept saying, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill my son. And eventually she just asked for a lawyer. Not looking good for you, Donna. That's all I have to say about that. So she was arrested as the main suspect on the case for her son, which is so sad to say that this stuff like this can happen. Like, that's just, it's your mom, you know? It's just so sad. So police got search warrants for their car and their house. But Donna had already thought about this. She had given her car and her son's car away in like an auction or something like that or like a donation drive something eventually the police did track it down because i mean it's it is the police they can do those things so the police decided to start going through the car and they found blood all over the car and then they looked at the house and again they found blood all over the house I think I said the car, the house the first time and the second time. They found blood in the car and the house. And there wasn't like one specific spot that was like horrible, but they found blood in the bedroom, around the stairs, and in the bathtub, which those were the most significant areas. They found them in other spots, but this, these had like big chunks of blood. So the bathtub, though, is where the... The police were really concerned because there were burn marks all over it, just everywhere in the bathroom. The tricky thing, though, is that they never found Donna's DNA anywhere except the Coke bottle, which seems super, super odd to me that 
that would be there, you know, because you think about it. Okay, so Ramsey's body, unfortunately, was there. The burnt clothes, so the clothes that they were both wearing, the killer and Ramsey, and then papers, which I assume is something incriminating, but then, and then the saw blade used to cut the body, unfortunately, and then there's just a Coke bottle. Like, that just seems so odd to me. And maybe there's something I'm missing. I'm not really sure. So the police decided to take it even further, which like, how do you think of this stuff? But they do. They went to different stores and they found Donna buying a jigsaw that day from Lowe's. So it was actually that week that she bought it, but I guess it was like malfunctioning and she brought it back and bought another one. You can see her. There's footage of her walking around that Lowe's store and oh my gosh, guys, it is so spooky because like you're going shopping. This is what it looks like. She's going shopping, but she knows she knows what she needs. So she's looking around, looking around, trying to find what it is. So she like this is what's in her mind, guys. Okay, where is the jigsaw so I can cut up this my son's body that I, I, I'm, I killed. I killed my son. I have to cut up his body. I need a jigsaw specifically. Where is that jigsaw? Where is it? And like, is she thinking about how she killed her son? Is she thinking about his body there? Or is she just thinking about like freaking Monday and what she's going to have? Like, oh my gosh, it's just so chilling to see that stuff. So, Donna also, they found that she um, purchased carpet shampoo prior to everything that happened. So that also does not look good for her. William Cataldo, Cataldo, I think is how you say it. He was a prosecutor on this case and guys, he was wild. Like he was crazy. Just, he was a character. Mark Haddad, I think is how you say it, is um, Donna's lawyer. So in court, Donna made this story. She started saying that she was downstairs doing laundry and she went upstairs and found a masked man in her house. He then tied her up and killed Ramsey and told her to dispose of the body. So basically, this man was in their house for multiple days to get rid of the the dead body of Ramsey. I think it was five days. Yeah. She was there for five days and she said that she had no idea who this guy was. She didn't recognize his voice, his eyes, his mannerisms, how tall he was. Nothing about him seemed familiar, which seems very strange. But I don't don't know. It's very odd. Um, She didn't tell anyone. She didn't give this information up until court. She did not say anything about this masked man killing her son and making her dispose of the body. And she said, guys, get this. She said she didn't give off this information to protect her family. A little late, Donna. A little late. You're a little late to the game. What? That makes no sense. So, again, that's her story. Story. Not mine. Allegedly, I guess. I don't know if I I, Allegedly, I'm just going to throw that out there. Even though she was already convicted, I don't know. So the prosecutor asked why she didn't get help. I guess I already said this, but whatever. Um, And she just said that she was afraid for her family. And that's why she just complied and didn't, didn't do anything else, you know? And the prosecutor tore her apart after, after she said that. 
and she's just sitting there like calm as a cucumber just taking this all in very straight face as they're talking about what she did dismembering her son she just didn't even flinch oh like that would make me sick to my stomach you know it just it, it doesn't look good for her so the defense um had a couple of arguments first he blamed the police because everyone decides to do that i feel like they said or um what was his name uh mark had had it he said that the police just didn't do a good job it was like a sloppy investigation so that's kind of why they shifted their blame to donna they also said that her dna was not on um ramsey and vice versa his dna was not on her at all which i mean if anything you could find a little suspect because they live together so of course her his dna was going to be on her but i don't know and you know what you can you can say the same thing like they live together in the same house why wouldn't her dna be on there just seemed kind of odd and then they also used the defense that she is a small woman she's only like 100 pounds and there's no way that she could lift her son her 235 pound son into the tub those were his biggest arguments haddad said in court quote she would have to be stupid to murder in this way unless she was forced um, unless she was directed at gunpoint to do these seemingly stupid things so basically it's kind of funny because either he's saying like yeah she this would be there's no way my client could do this but if allegedly or whatever you want to say donna did this he's like just insulting her in front of him and it's also funny because she has to agree she instead of like like if you're the actual murderer and you actually chose to do, murderer i should say and she chose to do it this way and she's like well i don't agree with that but i guess i do like she she has to agree like yeah i would have to be stupid but in the back of her mind she's thinking like yeah no that's what i did though i'm not stupid so it's like a conflict of um interest kind of thing i don't know i just found it kind of comical so the jury went out, they took all this information, and two hours later, they came back. And you'll never guess what they chose. No, you won't. It's, it's guilty. She was guilty, guys. She was found guilty on June 23rd of 2015. Guilty of dismemberment and mutilation of the body, removing a body without permission of the medical examiner, and first-degree murder. She got 15 life, 15 years, or excuse me, wow, Life in prison, uh, 15 years before she can get parole, which actually I found that she, the 15 years before parole and then also life in prison. So I'm not really exactly sure which one it is, but I feel like I should have found that information easily. I don't know. She still to this day sticks to the story that there was a mur uh, or an intruder that came in and made her do all that stuff. She won't say that it was her and she just lives her life in jail. I did um, continue my research, obviously, and I found their Facebook pages, and they're just kind of eerie, honestly. It's really sweet because everyone still wishes Ramsey a happy birthday multiple times. Um, Donna does not post anything. She's not on Facebook anymore. Well, she doesn't go on, I assume. Um, but I scrolled until just before the murder, and it's like kind of creepy, Ramsey or I should say Donna posted onto Ramsey's page and it was just so casual you know it it's just weird because 
allegedly, I guess, I don't know if, if I have to say that, she she killed her son. And yet she's being so jovial and lighthearted on there with him, you know? It just, it's, it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around, you know? And Donna, she wanted to go back to her life in Texas. And um, the investigators or the detectives, when they were questioning her, they were saying, I'm sure it's hard to take care of Ramsey. I get it. And you just got pushed to the edge. And that's probably exactly what happened. She had this burden. Well, she saw him as a burden. So she wanted to get rid of him so she could probably go back home or go back to Texas. So it was very, very spooky to see that stuff. But that is the story of Ramsey Scrivo. Um, unfortunately, it is very clear that he was very much loved. Very, very much loved and taken away way too soon. So if you want to see pictures, which I still have not fixed, um, it's on Instagram. Um, you don't want to know or no, it's YDWK podcast on Facebook. It's you don't want to know. And if you have any case suggestions, it's, um, you know, it's ydwkpodcast at gmail.com. Same thing. If you want to like give me case suggestions or stories, that's ydwkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye-bye. friends. Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Lauren. And we're Two Two Drunk Drunk Moms. Moms. Check us out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform as we sip our favorite wines and find comedy in the chaos. Because it's not drinking alone. If you're drinking with us. Cheers. Cheers.